Monica, it is finally spooky season. I love spooky season. I seriously, I can't help it. I really love melancholy thunderstorms, the turning of the leaves, crisp air, and a little bit of the macabre. Well, a lot of those things I have no relationship to anymore because I live in Florida, but I definitely agree with the melancholy and the macabre. Yeah. I wonder if that's why I also love the Victorians. Hmm. (laughs) Anyway, we aren't here to talk about the Victorians, even though, as we know, they were total creeps. Nope. Today, we are going to discuss one of the centerpieces of Halloween, the witch. We'll answer some questions like, why are they green and have warts? But we'll also do a little pop culture survey and talk about them in both TV and film. So grab that broom and straighten the point on your hat because we're about to go for a ride. You're listening to Two Monicas and a Microphone, a finely crafted podcast about nothing serious. Seriously, I'm your host, Monica. And I'm the other Monica. Get ready to talk about anything and everything from vampires to colorblindness, pet peeves to hot dogs and everything in between. Before we get started, don't forget to hit that follow button on your favorite podcast app and leave us a five-star review. You can also connect with us on all social media at Two Monica's Podcast, and that's with the number two. Where do we start first, Monica? We are going to start with a witch's appearance. So when you think of a witch, what do you think of? Well, one of my favorite, favorite memories is of a Bugs Bunny episode where there's a witch. Bugs she's Bunny. A, she's the, the quintessential witch. She wears all black. She has this pointy hat that's kind of flopped over. She has a giant wart on her nose and she flies on a broomstick. I would say that's quintessential Halloween witch right there. Absolutely. Okay, but one thing was different that I think gets associated with witches, and that is, did she have green skin? No. But, you know, a lot of witches have green skin whenever we see them in cartoons these days. Wouldn't you agree? It's true. And don't you think that comes from the wonderful Wizard of Oz? According to a few sources, that movie is the only the one and only reason that we associate witches with green skin i mean because it's alphaba and you know her mother cheated on her father with a salesman and she drank a green elixir and that's why she's green yes now that of course all happened well after the wizard (laughs) of oz the book and well after the mgm production it is not any part of the actual canon of the wizard of oz but neither is that green skin. Now, do you remember Dorothy's slippers? Well, yeah, they were ruby red. Yeah. Now in the book, they were silver, but with the invention of this technicolor, right? Ah, yes. Aha. So they made the creative choice to turn the Wicked Witch's skin to green because they wanted something that would frighten children. Pause just for a second. So, Monica, I just had a quick second to look up the Bugs Bunny, and she totally has green skin. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So, in some of them, she has green skin, and in others, she doesn't, but her name is Witch Hazel. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) Kind of like that. So, your Bugs Bunny took a cue from the Wizard of Oz, and the Wizard of Oz took a cue from itself. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing was that green really popped off the screen really, really well. So there is an alternative theory out there, and I'm gonna share that with you. So others claim that green skin being associated with witches was due to the beatings that the Salem witch trial victims endured. Now, I do think that what happened there was very tragic. Right, I mean, there are all these people being persecuted for random nonsensical reasons. Exactly. And I don't want to downplay any of that, but I personally cannot buy this theory because there's honestly no evidence for it, either historically or culturally. In both description and illustration over the centuries that followed Salem, no witch was ever green until the Wicked Witch of the West in film production of The Wizard of Oz. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I think that it sounds like something interesting to talk about, but it's, there's just, it's not rooted in any facts. But side note on green skin and witches, the green paint that they used for the Wicked Witch of the West was so toxic that the actress had to drink her lunch from a straw for the four months it took to film The Wizard of Oz. What? Yes. Monica, I feel like you should insert an ad for Crunchy right here. <laughs> yes, don't be like the Wicked Witch of the West. Today's episode is made possible by my affiliate partnership with the toxin-free beauty brand, Crunchy. That's Crunchy with an I. With all the talk these days about parabens and sulfates in our beauty products, it's hard to find a brand you can trust. And let's be honest, it can be annoying to read the back of every label before you buy something. And then you have to wonder, is it actually going to work? Who has the budget or the time for all of that? I definitely don't. That's why I love Crunchy. I don't have to read labels and I don't have to worry about toxins. Ready to make a safe swap in your beauty routine? Check out my site at crunchy.com slash Monica Miller. Yeah, that's good. No. <laughs> yeah, so also her skin was tinted for green for weeks after filming. Oh, we could do an entire, and I think that we should, episode on The Wizard of Oz, the actual filming of it, because there's so much to unload and unpack from that film. <laughs> so let's move on to that original Bugs Bunny witch. You mentioned that she had like a big hooked nose, I think, and some warts, right? Yes. Okay, so that is definitely something that we associate with witches. Now, what about those warts? This is something you and I talked about possibly discussing in this episode, the historical context, and that is the devil's mark or the witch's mark. Oh, so like well before Harry Potter and his little like lightning bolt on his forehead. Yeah, the lightning bolt seems way cooler than a gross wart. Right? Especially with <laughs> hair coming out of it. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, so basically any blemish on your skin was from the devil during the witch hunt days of the late 15th century. And I will say to everyone, I'm heavily summarizing this. <laughs> I, I did not want to get into all of the details on this, but there basically was a man who ran around and would pretend he had the special tool and would like make a witch's mark on women. And I mean, it was just a whole ruse over in England. Now what happened here in Salem was, was a little different. Why is it that witches are considered like ugly and hags? Why, why do they have to be ugly? Because I definitely prefer the pretty witches. 
You know, I did spend a good amount of time trying to figure out an exact, simple, nice, wrap it up in a bow type of answer, and I couldn't produce one. So all that I'm gonna say is that describing them as like hags has been going on since Greek mythology. I mean, it kind of goes along with, you know, like if you're good, you're pretty, if you're bad, you're ugly. Somewhat, yes, but also going back to Greek mythology, the very famous witch Circe from the Odyssey was a gorgeous woman. So oh. as old as witches are, they have been depicted in all sorts of ways. That so, is fascinating. So I don't know why it is. It's just maybe you think someone who looks like that would be more prone to be evil. And then, of course, you like the idea of the witch who is tricking you with her beauty. So her beguiling ways. Okay. Yep. But I don't want to get too caught up on answering this question, as it seems, like I said before, to not have a solid answer that I can point to. So let's move on to something you and I both love. Accessories. I love accessories. Okay, so one of the accessories associated with the witch is the pointy hat. And where does that come from? Okay, so this is another one that no one's really sure about. Thank you. I'm not going to lie. Most of this is like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) 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 Which, Which for me was infuriatingly frustrating. But some sources think it's just too hard to really say how this style of hat became associated with witches. But I didn't let that stop me. I found this really great video on YouTube by Rosie Hart, and she is a fashion history content creator, and I think that you would love her. Most of her stuff's on TikTok, though. But anyway, (laughs) she breaks down some possible ideas. And what are those? So the first being the Hinnon. And Monica, do you know what that is? I have zero clue. Yeah, same. I was like, what are you saying? And I couldn't even spell it right at first to figure out (laughs) what was going on. But basically, do you remember back in medieval times, like as if, you know, things you've seen, we weren't there clearly, um, because we ourselves are not witches, um, (laughs) that they, uh, those pointy hats that they wore. I do um, remember. So that pointy hat worn by medieval women was a way for them to express themselves in church. So women had to cover their hair, but they were like, I'm so tired of covering my hair in this certain way. Mm -hmm. I want to cover my hair in this new way. I want to be unique. Well, of course, the church was like, well, that's of the devil because you wanted to do something we didn't say. (laughs) And therefore, pointy hat equals evil. That makes total sense. And then there's an urban legend of a lady from the mid 1600s from York, England. Her mother was, her name was Mother (laughs) Shipton. She was hugely popular. Basically, she was a witch. And a lot of the things that we've been talking about, like this Bugs Bunny witch, Mm -hmm. she was kind of like that. She had a really big nose. She had a humpback. She wore a pointy hat with a brim. And she's one of the most popular, yeah, she's one of the most popular witches in history, even though I never heard of her. But that's so fascinating. I mean, it's kind of like when we were doing fairy tales, right? You know, so some of these things originated because there was a person who really did embody all of these characteristics. And then it's just been passed down. Yes. And much like what we discovered in the fairy tales, none of her story came out until 100 years after she was dead. So it's just one of those things where it's like, is she myth? Is she real? No one truly knows, which of course adds to the mystery of everything. 
one of the next most iconic images of a witch includes a different accessory and it's the broom which i haven't used a broom in like weeks don't tell anyone <laughs> well i debated sharing the broom's origin you know i called you on the phone and just and discussed why i might not do it yes you um, did Yes, so I'm going to try to explain this as tactfully as possible, but if you have kids listening, maybe fast forward to the Black Cat segment. <laughs> okay, let's let's get on with it, Monica, because it's really, it's a little bit bizarre, but I can totally wrap my head around it at the same time. Yeah. Alrighty, back in the day when you used to make bread in your home, people would make rye bread. So rye bread has a fungus called ergot or ergo, I don't know. I didn't look it up. Sorry, everybody. Um, that can be produced. And this fungus is hallucinogenic. Ooh, like the magic mushroom. Yes, except if you ingest it, it's kind of lethal. And also you can just have all sorts of really bad reactions. But if it's absorbed into the skin, then you don't have those bad reactions and you can't really overdose. And what it does is it can create the sensation of flying. Like, did they just put eye drops into their eyes? To well, you know, it? right. So back then, in order to access mucous membranes, they didn't have eye drops. Um, yeah, so this witch's brew, as it was called, is documented in illustration showing a naked woman with a broom between her legs. So, All right. Yeah, so please use context clues I provided to figure out why witches fly on brooms. Okay? Yes. If, yeah, if yes. you need to rewind and listen to it again, because I'm not <laughs> describing what was going on. All right, so what I find fascinating and why I really had to share this discovery, even if it makes looking at flying, which is a little bit differently, <laughs> is that in 1976, Linda Caporal, a professor at Rensselaer Polytechnic, discovered that there was a community in 1692 that became an ignorant victim to an outbreak of this hallucinogenic fungus. Oh my God. Where was that? Salem, Massachusetts. <gasps> no yeah. way. Yeah. I think that this does come into play for some of it. Um, some of their actions and things that were described is that they were probably hallucinating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So ugh, yeah. Um, I found that fascinating to say the least. So of course it was during a time, the Salem witch trials were just during a time when there was just not a lot of room for deviating from the norm, like no room in that particular community. Right. right. And it almost like it was a cult, to be honest. I, I can see that. I mean, and then if you have a bunch of, you know, people experiencing the same things, you're going mm -hmm. to associate them with evil. Right, right. Especially if they're telling you they're flying. They're not. That is part of the experience is you think that you are flying. It wasn't like somebody was just trying to say, oh, I'm flying as mm -hmm. a different word for getting high. Like, no, they really thought that they were, they flying. were flying. Maybe I'll try to make some rye bread. <laughs> oh my gosh. Y'all, if Monica is like posting on Instagram that she recently swept her house and ate rye bread. <laughs> rye bread we all need to watch out <laughs> yeah okay so the next thing that is an accessory i don't really think that you like and that is a black cat 
Well, I, you know, I'm not a big cat fan in general, but I did see a black cat the other day and it was so cute. My kids wanted to bring it home and I was like, no, it's not ours. We can't. Yeah. Black cats can be exceptionally cute, in my opinion. In fact, when I was little, I had a black cat and my family, as in Lillian, Brady, Zach, often joke that I'm a witch. So, hmm, maybe they're on to something. Maybe. Can you wiggle your nose? Uh, by using my finger. <laughs> so why are black cats associated with witches? Well, there's a host of reasons. I think that they're associated with witches and I don't think that there's one solid answer. Again, I did try to look it up and most of the resources were like veterinary clinics talking about black cats, which I was like, what? <laughs> Anyway, so um, it was very funny. All right, so during the Middle Ages, it was believed that black cats were witches running around in disguise at night. Right, because they're the um, uh, what's what's the word? We talked about this, and someone the familiars. Yes, they're the familiars. So they thought, oh, that black cat is actually that witchy lady. That's who that is. And also black cats kind of got, or cats in general, got like a really bad rap um, during the Black Plague because people blame the spread of the disease on the cats, which actually... And then Instead went of the rats? Yes. And so they went and killed off all the cats, which caused, obviously, it to spread more. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was that backfired. But even as far back as Roman mythology, cats were associated with witches, but witches weren't always evil per se. However, on June 13th, 1233, Pope Gregory IX declared black cats as an incarnation of Satan. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> sorry for my laugh. What? I don't really know. I didn't re go on to read his dissertation on why they are the literal incarnation of Satan. But suffice it to say that what if you were like me and you're a little girl and like you loved cats and like you I just mean, couldn't help it? Why wouldn't he just pick a snake? Because, you know, that makes a lot more sense. I don't know. Maybe too many people had cats and that was a way to do to uh, control them. Oh, I don't know. that's those, hilarious. Those popes, they're always coming up with great stuff. <laughs> Too much time I, on their hands. Yeah. I really like what one history.com article says of why cats got such a bad rap like witches. And it said, cats, like the women accused of witchcraft, tend to exhibit a healthy disrespect of authority. They don't fawn <laughs> like dogs. <gasps> oh, yeah. that is too funny. Right. Yeah. If cat doesn't like you, it will definitely let you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it definitely will not do what you say. So look, it's something that can't be controlled, which is probably why Pope Gregory's like, can't control it. Clearly Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final accessory that I think shows up a lot in Halloween imagery is the cauldron. Yeah. Why is that? So every time I think of a cauldron and witches, I go back to Macbeth, I bubble, so. bubble, toil and trouble, and three witches stirring a cauldron, mm -hmm. working up some evil trouble. Yes, and even the other day I came across a modern day cauldron, which I'll just say this, that's very rare. So I had to get a picture of me stirring. <laughs> <laughs> And then we sent it to the kids. Anyway, that's just a big inside joke around here. So why 
why, why is it associated with witches? I mean, this one's kind of lame, but it's because everyone cooked in one back in the day and it just stuck as a trope. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, I can see I can see a big cast iron cauldron over a fire. And that's what you cooked your food in. Yes, absolutely. So you also cooked any remedies that you might have, right? Or remember we talked about that hallucination, that fungus Mm -hmm. that caused people to hallucinate. Well, you could mix that fungus with some other herbs too for an even better high. (laughs) And you would have done that in a cauldron as well. Okay, Monica, we're moving on to one of our favorite topics. And I think that is whenever we can put pop culture, modern pop culture in and talk about how TVs and movies affect the subject matter. All right, let's get to it. Yeah. So we're talking about witches on screen, not on brooms. We're no longer discussing that rated R topic. We are moving on to witches on screen. And what I find fascinating is that the general Halloween witch, so the one that we talked about, like a hag and green and and a wart and old, I mean, that doesn't generally translate to the screen. It doesn't? Other than the very first one that we talked about, the Wicked Witch of the West, whenever I think about witches that are familiar on TV, they're not old witchy hags. Okay, well, Hocus Pocus was definitely witchy hags, and the Bugs Bunny witch is definitely a witchy hag. (laughs) Yeah, so that's a cartoon. So actually, speaking of Hocus Pocus, we are going to talk about it because I think it is one of the most, if not the most popular witch movie. So we definitely skimmed over this in our Halloween movies episode, but there's just really so much content to cover last season when we were doing Spooky that it could not get it's due justice so let's give it here in the witches episode all right i know anyone listening probably loves this movie so i'm gonna play the trailer from 1993 Thought they got rid of the Sanderson sisters for good. Uh, We shall be back! (laughs) 300 years later, it's Halloween Eve, and they're back. Uh We are home! Are you boys a little old to be trick or treating? We're talking about three ancient hags versus the 20th century. How bad can it be? Now they're digging up old friends. And running amok. Looking for the one thing they miss most. You stay for supper. I'm not hungry. But we are. Only one boy has the power to stop them. Prepare to die again. You have no powers here, you fool. Before all Salem falls under their spell. Disney Pictures presents Bette Midler. Uh, hello. Sarah Jessica Parker. Would thou dance with me? And Kathy Najimi. Hocus Pocus. Into the night! They love to fly. And it shows. Good night. Sleep tight. No screaming. 
Well, Monica, I do remember watching Hocus Pocus and I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker, Bette Midler, and then the other chick. Yeah, so let's definitely talk about those witches. We have Winifred, Mary, and Sarah, and I dropped in a picture here for you so I that you can it. reference them. Yeah, so I know that you mentioned that they were hags, but mm, Sarah Jessica Parker was pretty freaking hot in this, and she was uh, meant yes. to be. We have Winifred, who was played by Bette Midler, and I personally think like that she looks like the Queen of Hearts. She does look like the Queen of Hearts. Think, like her oh, teeth are just outrageous though. Yeah, her teeth are like rat teeth. It's like, yeah. she looks like a little rat with her nails. I mean, I'm sure they did all that on purpose. I think that they were supposed to be a nod to the Roald Dahl, his uh, book, The Witches, which just recently had a movie that came out. But I think her look in particular, Winifred's, I think is supposed to be a nod back to that. So she is the leader and she's the oldest and people call her ugly and she's very sensitive to that and she has a short temper, but she's intelligent, but she can be melodramatic and oh she my has God, Are you describing me? Yes. No, I don't <laughs> think you're any of those things, but maybe other people describe you. Maybe Paul sees a different you. <laughs> or my children. Yeah, yeah. So then we come to the middle sister played by Kathy Nahimi or Najimi or Najimi or Nahimi. I'm not real sure. <laughs> she is like the complimenting character, right? And she's the one who's like, oh, Winifred. So I don't know if you've ever been around sisters, but my mom has three of them. And I think your mom has several too. And my I feel like a lot of what is going on here is like what sisters do. You have the one that's like melodramatic and mean. And then you have one that's trying to be the peacemaker and then, you know, just oh, all yeah. The, yeah. And they have that kind of dynamic. And then that does bring us to Sarah Jessica Parker's character, Sarah. So she's young and cute and she seduces men and all the boys are attracted to her. And that's just well, of pretty course, much. She's yeah. young and cute. Yeah, exactly. And dumb, apparently. So <laughs> I do remember that. She's like the typical blonde. Sorry, yes. Blonde. They Love totally you. troped out the blonde on that one. So the whole goal of these of these witches, the Sanderson sisters, so they're Salem witches who've come back from the dead, arisen by a spell, and they're there to eat children and get younger. Aren't all witches there to eat children? As we detailed out the sisters, like I couldn't help but be reminded of the three fairies from Sleeping Beauty. I'm just saying. Ooh, just, I mean, their personalities, yeah. I can see the similarities. For sure. Yeah. We should yeah. do a dissertation so, on that. We should. We should. <laughs> and whenever I think about Hocus Pocus, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely a comedy from the 90s that was targeted towards children. But I am going to tell you a few facts about the actual movie, some trivia. Because if we have Hocus Pocus fans in here, they're going to want to hear that trivia. Oh, there and I know, know several. I know several Hocus Pocus fans. This was a Disney film, which... I had no idea. Not sure why I didn't. And one of the reasons why it was so popular is because it aired on ABC's 13 Nights of Halloween in the early 2000s. I do remember that. Yeah, so it wasn't like it came out in 1993 and then people instantly loved it. In fact, nobody liked it nor cared about it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until kind of this reboot and then people were seeing it as kids every single week that they started associating it with Halloween. Now, originally it was dropped in July or premiered, I guess. We drop where a podcast, it premieres. Right. It's a movie. <laughs> and... Um, 
Um, I was like, well, that's a dumb time. No wonder it didn't get high praise, right? Well, yeah. yeah. I was like, Disney, how are you so dumb? But it's because that same year in October, they were releasing The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. They, I guess they didn't want to be too Halloween heavy. Yeah, I mean, and The Nightmare Before Christmas is pretty fantastic. Yeah, so definitely superior to this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was actually supposed to be a made-for-TV movie. And well, then what happened? I don't know. They thought that it was good enough to hit the box office and I have to think that they thought this before they asked Bette Midler because I promise you Bette Midler was not doing a made for TV movie. Uh, Yes. I love all those great tidbits about Hocus Pocus and you know it's one of those movies that if you love it you really really love it and I know people that watch it every year religiously. I know people who decorate with it (laughs) just in October though just in October. Oh yeah yeah okay. This next movie, I have never seen. I don't even recognize the name. Why? Okay, I have no idea because it is one of my all-time favorite movies and it's not a cult classic like Hocus Pocus, but it is still very, very good. And I suggest you watching it. I mean, this weekend even. And that movie is called Stardust. Wow, I'm going to put it in my my October to watch. You should. It's a 2007 movie based off of a novel of the same name. And it stars, and this is the crazy part, that you haven't heard of it. And it was super low-key when I heard of it, too. Me and my brother discovered it together. It starred Claire Danes, Michelle Pfeiffer, Robert De Niro, Keith Gervais, and Rupert Everett. No way! That is such a great cast. Yeah, and to think that no one really ever heard of it and it was a stellar performance i loved it every time my brother used to visit we would pop it in and watch it probably for 10 years straight probably all the way up until covid not kidding oh my gosh and look at michelle pfeiffer she's so gorgeous oh absolutely so the reason that i'm putting this into the witches episode is because Michelle Pfeiffer's character plays a witch and she needs to eat Claire Danes, who is a fallen star. So she needs to eat her to restore her youth and beauty. All right. So we but scroll down and look at the next picture of Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, no, I uh, yeah, it's frightening. It's frightening. <laughs> no wonder she needs to eat Claire Danes. I wouldn't want to look like that either. Yeah. So it's not even like, oh, she's old. It's like she is old and scary. <laughs> Everybody, yes. I'll try to include a picture on the show notes. So that's she just kind of reminds classic. me of the real life embodiment of the wicked witch that gave Snow White the apple. Yeah, very, very close to that, actually. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. So we're going to move on to some classics in TV. <laughs> I'm so glad you have these in here. So I know one of these you really like. And so I'd love for you to introduce her. Well, there's Morticia Adams and she's phenomenal. I love her. I mean, who can get over the alabaster skin with the Mm -hmm. jet black hair and just she's always so calm and serene. But, you know, I never saw her do any magic. No, I never saw her do any magic either. I did look it up to make sure that she was a witch and it was confirmed that she is a witch. But yeah, I'm with you. I never saw her do any magic. If anything, she just seemed like a dead person. I would have guessed her as a vampire, honestly. And Gomez. Gomez. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. We just watched so, uh, The Addams Family like a couple weeks ago, actually. Man, that thing has been rebooted and rebooted and rebooted. But I think uh, you know, always- and it was Christina Ricci. We watched the one with Christina Ricci and um, Angelica Houston. God, yes. I love her. Yes. I think that all the reboots have been great. I've liked all of them. Now, I was going to add Lily from The Munsters. But she's Dracula's daughter, so I'm a total idiot. Originally, <laughs> for anybody. Oh, but the monsters like, so good. Yeah, they were really good. But no witch in there for me to talk oh. about. And just in case anyone else like me really loved the monsters, and you're like, what about Lily? Then that's why. Now Rob Zombie is doing a reboot of the monsters, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. So that being is- said, we don't need to reboot everything well there are no new ideas monica but his last name is zombie so if he's got anything going for him it's that (laughs) yeah i think that's a stage name okay so now we're going to move (laughs) on to to the opposite of morticia at least in looks but i think in personality that they have some things that are same and some a little bit different and that is samantha from bewitched that's why i asked you about wiggling your nose yeah, she is the one who, if you think of wiggling your nose, she just like uh, the Wicked Witch of the West with green skin, that would be attributed to Samantha. So that ran for eight seasons from 1965 to 1972. And for those who are unaware, Samantha was a housewife, a suburban housewife, but she was also like a couple hundred years old and was a witch. Who doesn't love Samantha? Her, what was her sister's name? I don't remember her sister. She had a cousin. Oh, that's the cousin. And that was Serena. Serena, yes. Yes. And she was also played by the same actress, which is hilarious to me. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. They look totally different. Yeah, so she's just someone who transforms when she gets jet black hair. So, and then who could forget Endora, who we mentioned in Monsters in Law? Um, Imagine your mother-in-law being a literal witch, and she doesn't like you. (laughs) Oh, but Bewitched, it's such a great series. I mean, her poor husband... He, like, doesn't know what to do with himself half the time. Well, Bewitched is definitely a great series. And do you have any personal favorites? Oh, yeah, I do. And we're actually going to end the show with my personal favorites. So for me, there is one TV show and then one movie that must get attention. So we're going to start first with the movie Practical Magic starring Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Do you remember this movie? I do. I love it. Put the lime in the coconut and drink them both. Oh, Oh, my gosh. That scene is so great. So great. So they are witches in the modern world. They are sisters. They are absolutely not hags. No. (laughs) There's no green skin. There's no, there might be a broom, but there's no pointed hats. And it's just a, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone what happens because honestly, it's really a story of sisters more so than witches, but it's so good in the spin on witches is remarkable and i'm just gonna say much like i said about stardust if this is something you haven't seen you should watch it it's october it's spooky season put it on the list we're gonna end with my all-time favorite charmed I was obsessed, obsessed with the show and I discovered it as reruns on TNT and I didn't even know that it was currently still airing when I first discovered it. 
I had an obsession with Charmed as well. Do you think it's because we're both brunettes or what? Like I was so I don't know. I, I definitely found it on TNT and I would put it on or like it would be on while I was answering emails and stuff in the morning. I mean, this mm -hmm. was when I was working or while I was yeah. traveling or whatever. But my biggest obsession was... You're talking about the guy who was in Nip and Tucked? Yeah. Love That's him. not the same guy. Hey everyone, Monica here with a little editor's note. I did leave in this next section because I think that it's important that you see that one, we don't know everything. Shocker. And two, it's kind of funny to see how we come to the right answer about something. Enjoy. What do you mean? So he didn't play Lucifer. He was on there, Monica. I swear. No, you're saying the guy who played. Oh, oh, the opposite. Nipton Tuck. No, he was not on there. Okay, Nipton tucked. Not Nip, the dude with the black Nip hair. Tuck. Yeah, yes, it's the dude whatever. with the black hair. He was not on. Yes, he was. He was the boyfriend. No, that's the other guy on Nip Tuck. No. Dude, uh, look it up. Okay. Look it up right I'm now. I'm looking it up. You're so beyond wrong. Oh. So that is not Lucifer, like at so all. So he may not be Lucifer, but he was definitely the devil, and he was dating one of them. Yeah, but Lucifer's a show. Are you talking about? No, I'm not, ta I'm not talking about. Oh, I'm not talking about the show yeah. Lucifer. I'm talking about the fact okay. that his character was Lucifer. Well, he wasn't Lucifer. He was a demon named Balthazar. But I see why you thought that. My bad. Okay. I got the wrong okay. Thing. I was like, because you know, Luc no. Lucifer is a show right now. So I was yes, like, yes, no, I know. Okay. Paul and I have definitely watched. Okay, that let too. me look up his name on here because it's worth. Okay, Cole Turner. Okay. Oh, so I used to watch it. I mean, I loved it. I loved the chemistry of the sisters and all of that. And then, of course, Shannon Doherty, you know, her resurgence after 90210. But I used to watch it for Cole Turner because, oh my God, he's so hot. Oh yeah, Cole Turner, uh, Phoebe's demon boyfriend. Yes. yes, thank you. Oh yeah, I watched it. Definitely, that was part of one of the reasons why I watched it. But to be honest, their storyline, it was the storyline of Charm just starting to get a little stale, and then introducing Cole like just flipped everything on its head, and it was so good. Just I totally that story agree. Line was good. Not just because yeah. he was hot. Hello. Yeah, hot. But it was good. So I definitely have to give props to Charmed. I haven't watched the reboot. I'm not into reboots, especially reboots of stuff that was from when I was like in my mid-20s. Like, why are we rebooting stuff so fast? Like, give it a chance to go through a couple generations. Goodness. Right. Um, I mean, there, like I said, there are no new ideas. Okay, so I have to give my props to the Hollywells. But Monica, I haven't asked you yet. Who are your personal faves? Did I miss them? Well, you know, I definitely love Samantha from Bewitched. But if I have to have two favorite witches, they're basically from The Wizard of Oz. I love or Wicked whichever one you choose. I love Glinda or Galinda with a G, and I love Elphaba. Those are my two faves. No. Yeah, and isn't that fascinating how we close this out talking about the hag and the enchantress? <laughs> yeah, I would definitely be Galinda with a G. 
<laughs> Definitely. <laughs> okay, friends, if you love all things spooky, make sure to follow us so you don't miss any more episodes in this series. And if you're ready to binge some more, just hop on back to season one, starting at episode 34. Until next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and letting us be part of your day, whether that's folding socks, driving to work, or getting in your cardio. We're happy to provide you with entertainment about nothing serious, seriously. Don't forget to subscribe or follow our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you're loving it, leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram at 2MonicasPodcast. That's with the number two. Access extended show notes and more at our website, 2MonicasPodcast.com. Love this episode? Hit that share button and send to a friend who'd like it too. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode of Two Monicas in a Microphone. Awesome. That was fun.